To a show, living in gold. That was Passport in Order off the J57 and Shabam Sadiq album Precious Stones. Now, hopefully, they won't be crossing any borders anytime soon, but I do have J57 here for part two of our interview. This is episode 64 of We Going In Presents. In this interview, we talk about the upcoming JMO Gang project, as well as working with Bumpy Knuckles, the Brown Bag All-Stars album, his 14-hour workdays, and much more. After the interview, make sure you hit up the links on wegoingin.com. You got the JMO Gang album coming in April. The track list looks amazing. The music sounds great. But you're stepping back from the mic a little bit more on this one. Um, what spurred that decision? Okay, so when we first started doing the JMO Gang thing, it was really just us doing songs and uh october of 2015 and uh and then like i mean we made a couple of joints in the first session and uh and i remember premier said to all of us separately at that time that that we should uh he's like yo i really think this should be like a priority for you guys he said it to all three of us separately so we kind of all came together and i think i said it to them first and i'm like yo i talked to preem and they're like yo so do we and he's like saying we should you really do this and so that like made us go hard with it you know and uh those songs weren't finished. You know, the ones that he heard, they weren't finished. Like they, they wanted me to spit the third verse on both songs. I went into it, not even wanting to, because I, again, I was a fan of both of them before I even knew them. So for me, this is a dream situation. They're two of my best friends now, obviously, but it's a dream situation to like produce two people you've been a fan of for many years before knowing them or working with them. So I kind of was like, yo, I just, I think, I think I just want to fall back and be a producer on this. And also it's like, those are two of the best MCs in the, in the world. So to be in a group with them where I have to rap on every song or most of them, like I have to bring my a plus 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 game when I'm on the tracks on tracks with guys like them and Shabam and whatever. Like if I, if I'm on a couple of them, I know I'm going to deliver. If I'm on a if I'm on half the album, I know I'll deliver, but to be in the group where this is the group, like our random acts, if you will, where it was, what was it? Guilty, uh, Sean P and uh, black milk where they're all three on the mic and black milk was on the beats. That doesn't interest me at all. I'm not interested at all. Not even like, I don't want to, I want to fall back and be the producer. I want to actually like really put all my time, energy and effort into being the producer for it. And then anytime Premier was involved with the shit, I was like, I'm rapping on this. Let's go. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So the two joints that Preem's involved with, um, you know, featured as an, as a, a DJ, I'm, I'm an MC on those two, but otherwise, man, I didn't, I didn't want to, I just wanted to, I wanted to be a fan. I just wanted to be a fan that got to do a dream project or two. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you can't, have a song with DJ Premier and not do everything that is possible. You know what I mean? Like you don't Agreed. pass that up. Agreed. Like I really like my, ver like, so one of the joints with Premier is, uh, you know, the info's out there now, but like 
one of the joints of premiere, the two out of the two that he's featured on, doing cuts. Um, one of them's produced by him. Otherwise, for JMO, I do all the beats, and uh, that's my rule. I'm like, I do all the beats for JMO unless it's premiere, and uh, <laughs> and um, Fair on enough. that one, you know, I did my verse like three times. I don't even do shit like that. I don't really do that. It's more of like a feeling. Um, I, you know, what I'm saying like with my vocals, but I did it a couple of times because uh, I sent it to Raz, and I remember he was like. Yo, this part to this part is fucking gold. The, the first part, I'm not sure about. And that was the same shit with me. I wasn't sure about it. So I just cut it. I just cut that those first four bars, you know, from the verse. And, like, I, I took it seriously. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, I got to come off on this, man. It's a premiere beat. Like, this is my dream. You know what I'm saying? I wrote mad verses to that shit. And I had Raz coach me. You know, he coached me with the, the critique of it. Like, keep, keep bars, whatever it was, bars five through 16. Keep those, the first four. I think try some other shit. I more in the in the vein of what you were doing with the other and i was like yo i'm fucking cutting the first four you know what i'm saying like let's go we're done <laughs> that's it so yeah i feel like getting feedback too from someone like Raskast can only like help you grow like exponentially no matter who you are and how long you've been doing it so like what's it like being able to be like in the same studio but getting having that relationship where you can get that kind of feedback and um you know from someone like Raskast. Oh, it's amazing because prior to that, I only, I only had my peers who, who were phenomenal and people that didn't know yet. Like again, Solcon, you know, Solcon to me is one of the greatest MCs of all time. And, uh, to be honest, like I got exponent and seen as well back in the day, like my man scene, like I got exponentially better as an MC being in the room with those two constantly in the room with them, recording them. And when it's time for me to do my shit, I would ask them to critique it. And, uh, you know, they never would like rewrite lines or some shit like that. They would just critique it. They would do the same shit Raz did, being like, yo, this verse is a banger or low key, you got everybody on this one. Like it would be like, I'd be like, okay, I'm onto something with that. Now I have to do more of that. Like, so I already had that vibe with my peers, but then to have somebody who was a legend who I already was a fan of and didn't know, no friendship prior to all that, you know what I'm saying? Um, it is very fucking cool because it's the same kind of vibe where I'm just like, my ego is outside of that door of the room I'm in. And I'm sitting there like, yes, you tell me. Because I'm, I'm only open to criticism if I trust them. You know what I'm saying? Like if Premier called me and he was like, yo, that beat for the new El Gant album, that third beat you did, I don't know, man. I think the, something could be tighter, blah, blah, blah. Like this didn't happen. But if he called me and said that shit, I would be like, yes, sir. No doubt. I got to go. I got to go do that right now. Bye. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'd be no questions asked. He's a legend. He's the GOAT. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm listening to him. Raz, he's one of the greatest MCs of all fucking time, dude. It still is, you know what I'm saying? Like, still better than most people and almost everybody. And fucking, you know, like, I put him up there tied with a couple other dudes for the for first first place. And uh, if he's telling me some shit about my lyricism, and most of it, like, 90% of it is like, you killed it, and you give me a little bit of criticism, like, how, that's so easy for me to just fall back, number one, be grateful for it, and two, absolutely listen to him, no questions asked, thank him fucking murder it make them proud and that's what i did you know what i mean i had to i couldn't let anybody down on that including myself no doubt that's amazing and so how did you let's just like backtrack a sec before we talk more about walking with lions the new album but just how did you get jmo gang together because like knowing elgat and knowing razcast but then getting together for a group is a totally different thing than just like let's do this song together so how did you make jmo gang happen okay so I'm a long-winded fucking dude, so I'll try to give you the bullet points. <laughs> um, well, we've never covered it either, which is amazing. So, like, it's great to have this on here because I want to hear that story. Got you. Okay. So, you know, like I said, October 04, I rolled with my man Undefined Upstate New York to an Elgant session that he was producing. And I got to meet Elgant. We were cool. 
I, like we were friends ish acquaintances years later when brown bag started maybe three four years later when brown bag started brown bag all-stars um we would see each other at shows we'd be on the same bills together he showed me love he's like i remember you like that kind of shit backstage and everyone's like oh shit Ogant knows you bro like that and dj element i met the same night too who's in brown bag all-stars like he fucking he was Elgon's main dj back in the day and i met them together and uh man it's just like we had a brotherhood from that you know what i mean became really tight and then years later 2015 Gaunt was like, Gaunt and fucking Raz were on our show. I had Rap is Out of Control with DJ Clips on, on Sirius. And, uh, you know, I was the co-host on that for a few years. I was a phone answering guy for a few years prior to that. And um, we had Raz on the show. He brought Gaunt with him. And Gaunt was singing my praises to Raz. And Raz was like, yo, if Gaunt's saying you're dope and I already heard your name, like, because he, he said he already knew who I was a little bit, but he wasn't very familiar with the music at the time. He's like, I heard about you and this kid's saying you're dope. He's like, I'm in town for another week. Like, let's get up. And I was like, yo, let's get up tomorrow night. So, or in two, two nights or whatever. So that, that time comes up to go to get up. And I got a call that I had to go to the video shoot for the song I produced for Method Man, Raekwon and Inspector Deck. Uh-huh, that was crazy. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, I called up uh, Raz and Gaunt. I was like, guys, I would never fucking dead a session, like kind of last minute, but here's what happened. And they're like, no doubt. Go, go do what you gotta do. I'm like, well, I'm going to invite you guys. Can you come to the fucking, the video? And Raz is in the video and shit. And Gaunt, you know, Gaunt's a humble dude. He kind of played on the side and shit, even though he should have been in that shit. But like, but Raz knew meth and all them. So I guess it made a lot of sense too. But, uh, so that was that night. We didn't get to record. But the next night, now we're all like kind of boys after that bond of being in a video and chilling and whatever. We all got up in my studio the next night and I was just playing them beats. And I remember I had my back to them. And I'm rifling through beats. I'm playing 20 to 40 seconds, you know, snippets of beats. Cause I don't, you know, I don't want to like just have the same beat play for three minutes and then be like, all right, go to the next one. Like I, I do a little 30 second snip and go to the next. And I turn around after like five or six without hearing any feedback. And I see Raz's eyebrows are raised and he's kind of like, oh shit, like that kind of face, like impressed. And I didn't think that was going to be the vibe. It was dead silent in my studio. I had my, my man, uh, PA Mike, who was my engineer at the time over there. He's sitting next to me, like everyone in the room, it's a packed room, everyone's dead silent. I turn around and Gon and Raz both were like, oh, damn, about the beats. And I didn't, I didn't expect that. I thought they were going to be like, this is cool. You know, I didn't expect that. And Raz was like, yo, I didn't know you had beats like this. And I was like, dude, you just made my life by saying that, first of all. And he's like, yo, let's go. He opens up like five notebooks. He puts them on, my, on one of my tables I had in the studio, puts five notebooks. He goes, let's go. I got verses. Let's go. Let's fucking go right now. And Gon's writing his verse already to like one of the beats I played earlier. They're like, run through those last beats again. I'm like, yeah, they picked out two. And uh, we recorded on the spot. Then they went and did a uh, Static Selector show that night. They left my studio. They went to a Static show at Sirius. And, uh, well, we, cu- we killed a bottle of Jameson, Jamo, <laughs> during my session. And, um, you know, I sent them MP3 so they could listen to them on the Uber to, the, to Sirius. And in the, in the subject of the email, I wrote Jamo Gang as a joke because we just killed a bottle of Jamo. So I wrote Jamo Gang as a joke. And I woke, I passed out on my couch that night because I was drunk because we made that, <laughs> made all that music under the influence. And then, yo, I woke up and I, ha- I had on Twitter mad people being like, yo, JMO gang, I can't wait for JMO gang. I was like, what the fuck is this? I don't even remember any of that shit. And then God, <laughs> God called me up. He was like, yo, you seen all that shit on Twitter? I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, we were kind of drunk and we were at, at uh, Shade 45 and Static's like, yo, where were you guys coming from all drunk like this? You know, he loved it. And he was there like, yo, we came from J57s. We drank a lot of Jameson and we're, we're the Jamo gang and fucking that shit became a group without even trying. That's exactly how it happened, man. It's a beautiful thing. That's amazing. 
And so how do you look at now like working on the second um, project, Walking With Lions? You know, what did you want to give fans with this project? These are songs, man. Like we made – so we made the first – like I said, October 2015 is when we first started. Um, a lot of these songs were created in the same room, all three of us in the same room. And, uh, you know, we started, we made an 18 song album. It wasn't like 18 songs were to be on the album, but in 2016, a little bit of 17, we made, a, we made 18 songs and we're like, this is the album. We even got it mixed and mastered the whole nine. We, I think we even had artwork too done, like older artwork. And we're like, this is the album. And then Premiere called me and was like, uh, some songs are stronger than others. <laughs> he's like, he's like, maybe just, you know, put the best ones out as EP. And I was like, yo, the goat speaks. I'm listening. And uh, that's kind of how it happened. Yeah, that was summer 2017 when he said that to me. I, I immediately, he's like, I think I, he's like, I know, he's like, I think I know what I'm talking about on this. You got to hear me out. I'm like, bro, like, you don't have to explain shit to me. I'm listening. You're the fucking goat. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate you calling me to tell me this after listening to them, after living with these records while you go to the gym and drive around in your whip and give them the car test, the whole nine. Like, thank you. And he's like, yo, he's like, and I think you, uh, he's like, I know your engineer who did all this is dope and that's your guy for all your other shit. But for this shit, I think you should have you know, Parks, who's our brother, you know, Parks from like Joe Budden podcast and he mixes Gangstar and Prime and all that. He's like, yo, I think you should have Parks fucking mix this shit and I'll oversee it. I'll be, he'll do it at my studio and I'll, I'll be a part of it and mix and, and even have a hand in mixing at least something. And I was like, we can't turn that down, man. Let's get it. So we had an album done and we just kept the best ones that Premiere loved the most for the most part. And we made that the EP. Uh, we cut a bunch of songs. We reworked a lot of shit. And then made a bunch of stuff in the studio together. We made, we had a couple of sessions at Jake Palumbo's studio where we like spent hours there, days even, and we were just knocking out bangers. And those became the songs on the album. So to get really back to your point, these are songs. Like these aren't like, yo, hard beat, great rhymes, let's go, throw it out there. Like that's some EP shit, that's some mixtape shit, that's some singles shit. Albums are not like that. You've got to have those songs on there. Those going tracks are, are a must. But when you listen to our album, when, they, when people hear it, there's a lot of subject matter. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of topical stuff. There's, you know, things that are timeless and, and, and just memorable. You know what I mean? So that's, that's the, uh, that's the difference. You know, there's, there's mixtape, like even with 50 cent back in the day, I remember he's like, he used to be playing this shit for Eminem. He said in his interviews and he's like, he's like, yeah, I'd play Eminem, all these songs I made. And, and he's like, yo, you're putting these on mixtapes. These are album songs. Like these songs are too big for a mixtape. So it's like that kind of mentality, you know what I'm saying? That's the mentality. Like, we know it's going to be on a, a mixtape, quote unquote, EP, whatever. And then we know it's going to be on the album. That's awesome. And I mean, even with this album, looking at like Sid Wilson from Slipknot, getting a slug, um, you know, the, the you definitely brought people in who have very specific, unique styles. Um, not just like, hey, like we need somebody to spit a 16 on the song that, that, you know, would sound good with us. But like, what were your intentions thinking about getting the guest list that you got? Oh, we were strategic, man. We were strategic. Uh, we were blessed enough to, we rocked a, our first show together as JMO gang. Uh, it was in New York city and it was sold out and we, which was a blessing. And then premiere, we went to premieres after just us three. And I think my manager, Justin was there too, actually. And, and Preem played us this beat and was like, it's open. And we like looked at each other like, what the fuck? Did he just offer us a beat? We couldn't tell. We couldn't really tell. And then, uh, you know, we got the beat later on, months later, or some shit. One of us got, I think Gaunt, he sent it to El Gaunt's email. And uh, I was like, we got to get a feature on this. Like, we could just do it ourselves. But, like, there's no doubt about it. But, like, we got to get a feature. We, we were toying around with ideas for, like, big-name people to be doing hooks and whatever. And then I was just like, slug. 
let's get fucking slug. They never even worked together. And this is a slug sounding beat. It's not, it's not like a bumpy knuckles sounding premiere production. You know what I mean? Like where you'd be like, I don't know if like slug could probably kill that shit for sure. I'm just saying you want to hear slug in his environment. You know what I'm saying? You want to hear him in that realm, in that lane. Like that's the same thing with any artist. You know, you want to hear him in that, in that lane. They could kill any other thing too. But like for premiere, that's such a unique thing to hear him do something that you could hear somebody like slug get on. Get what I'm saying? So I was like, dude, let's just not get a run of the mill motherfucker. Like who has a big name? Like let's, let's get slug. And they were immediately rising down with like, let's go. I reached out to slug and the big homie was like, let's do it. He's such a good dude. Can't say that enough. And then, uh, yeah, I know Sid Wilson through Gantz and Raz. They were boys with him first. They linked me with him about five years ago. And, uh, I was in LA and I was playing him the album. This is like a year ago. I was playing not even as yeah, almost a year ago. I was with Sid and I was like, yo, so we got the JMO album. You're our fucking family. I, let me, let me just sneak you on one of the songs and show the guys after. Let me surprise them. It'll, it'll be fun. So he was like, no doubt. He's like, I leave with Slip, Slipknot on a world tour, like in a couple of weeks though. I'm like, fuck, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like, damn it. And he's like, just send it through. I'll make it happen. This man brought all of his equipment with him so he could do the fucking feature and everything. So he did it from a hotel in Germany Whoa. on FaceTime with me. He did the scratches and the vocals for that song, Runyon Canyon, on FaceTime with me, time difference and all that. And he, he like kept hitting me back. Yo, I redid the vocals. I redid the cuts. Check your email. Listen through FaceTime, whatever. Like he cared. You know what I'm saying? He's like, I want to body this for you guys. So I was like, yo, that's crazy. And then he sent it through. I placed it on the song. I sent it to the guys. They were like, yo, Sid's on the album. This is crazy. Like, holy shit. That makes so much sense. That's our brother. And then Gaunt had the dope idea to take part of his singing, which was originally just an outro. And Gaunt was like, yo, let's sprinkle that throughout the hook that Raz is doing. You know, let's have him have him on just more than the outro singing and outro with the cuts. I was like, let's see. You know what I mean? Like, I'm a producer on this record. But if we got, you know, if somebody has a really good idea, I'm listening, man. It's not about the ego or my name or some shit. I, I have to be in control. Like, I want the win. I want the win. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I want to get, I want to make the best music we can make. All ego shit aside. That's it. That's amazing. And so when you, when you look at this project, I mean, how do you balance, you know, between your instrumental projects and then JMO gang and then doing collaborative work and then um, everything else that you're doing, how do you balance it all together? Well, I was, man. So right now, this is the first time in my life that I'm just focused on my own, on my own solo shit as an artist, like where I'm rapping on my own beats and stuff like that, or just making songs on my own beats. I'm like, that's, that's been, um, that's been the focus for a minute. And, uh, before that I, cause I always just did my shit on the side, my shit on the side. And, uh, before that it was just like, whatever I feel for the day, man, I'm, a, I'm very eclectic as a listener and a music fan. So if I wake up and I want to make some, if I wake up and I just want to make beats today, which is not very, it's kind of rare these days. Like for the past few years, I haven't been like, going hard just making packs of beats and blah 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 like it's been the opposite it's been me as an artist more and um it's just what i want to do it's not a matter of like an idea it wasn't like i want to get better or i want to only do this it's just like i don't force anything that's my that's my key i don't force it so if i wake up and like right now man like i said i was sick and the homie you know the lord goat formerly known as gore-tex from nonfiction, he asked me for a batch of beats and that's an honor to me so i'm like yo i gotta kill it but I haven't been in the, since I've been sick, I haven't been in the mood to make any beats. So it's like, that's the same shit. Like, I'm not in the mood to make beats. I, I hit him and told him that through email the other day and he understood. But like, that's just what it is. If I'm not in the mood to make beats, I'm not making them. You know what I'm saying? If I'm in the mood to do some pop sounding vocal shit, I'm not talking about like Selena Gomez sounding. I'm talking about like some, you know, kind of bugged out shit. 
that's what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Like it depends on whatever I'm in the mood for. So that's how it's always been. Everybody's kind of on my time. And luckily I've just, you know, I'm putting in 14 hour days just about every single day. So it's like the odds are in my favor or the collaborative person's favor that I'm going to get the shit done faster than anybody to begin with. Not the people I'm working with, but anybody else they would have worked with. I work harder. I work smarter and I just go from the heart. So that's how I, I'm, I'm able to just prioritize that way. That's awesome. And when you, when you look at like what's coming up, I mean, how do you take on new projects? Like what, what has to happen for you to say like, this is something I want to do or this is something I might pass on? I've, man, I've passed on so much stuff lately. Cause like I said, this is my first time doing just J57 artist shit only. Um, and these are all people I have. I just, I love these people, their family. And I'm hitting them up being like, I, I got your back for life, but I, I can't, I can't even say, I can't do the verse for you. I can't do, I can't co-produce this. I can't do this. I can't, I'm not saying, I can't even send a batch of beats or like new beats that you want in this vibe, blah, blah, blah. I can't even do all that because I promised myself for the first time <laughs> that I will fucking put myself first. And everybody across the board is like, yo, do that. <laughs> you should have been doing that. I'm like, I wasn't ready. I was ready, you know, mentally, but I wasn't ready. You know what I'm saying? Now JMO gang's off my plate in a good way. Shabam is off my plate in a good way. These things are off my plate. I have a million albums that are done collaboratively with people that I consider family that are in these hard drives in my cloud, the whole nine that are coming out this year or next year, but I'm not working on them. They're, they've been done. You know what I mean? They also just, the obligations came prior. You know what I'm saying? Like JMO gang and stuff like that. I've been working on them longer. So that's really what it is, man. Like I'm right now, if fucking Jay-Z wanted to do a record with me, I'm dropping my shit and I'm doing that. You get what I'm saying? I hope so, um, man. <laughs> I hope so. You get what I'm saying? I'm dropping everything and I'm doing that. And that's no offense to anybody who hits me up tomorrow that isn't as big as Jay-Z and they're like, yo, well, that's fucked up. Like, you got to understand where I'm coming from. It's going to take a lot for me to stop what I'm doing right now. And I don't know when I'm going to work with people again, to be honest. It's not even about money. If somebody came up to me with a lot of money and they were phenomenal and they had a big name, absolutely. You know what I mean? But otherwise, um, it's it, I can't do that to myself, man. I care too much about the craft and my own happiness. You know what I'm saying? Like I made a promise to myself. I'm a loyal dude. I'm not going to backtrack. I'm not going to go back on my own shit. So I'm going to, I'm going to work on me. You know what I mean? And I, and I think anybody listening to this, that's an artist, they kind of, I think I just, just think about that for yourself for a little bit too. You know what I'm saying? Like, think about that. It's a good, it's a healthy way to be. I right. Recommend it. And I think, I think too often, you know, um, people don't take enough time for themselves and then end up trying to make everybody else around them happy. And then realize right. all this time has passed and I should have been doing this for myself the whole time. Well, I'm that guy. <laughs> I'm that guy. And I got to say, you know, I had some good chats with a few people and I, I, you know what I'm saying? Like during the summer and the fall and, and it kind of things alluded to that where it's like, you're not putting yourself first and blah, blah, blah. And this and that I'm like, all right, I get it. I get it. And then, I put my record label on hiatus. Shouts to the homie Rick Chavez and Von Eisen, you know, Von Sheba. Um, you know, the other, Mark Ski, like the whole team, like they help with the label. I hit them up and I'm like, yo, I had a good chat with Slug. I had a good chat with this guy, a good chat with that guy, blah, blah, blah. Um, I got to do me first and then I'll, go to come, then I'll come back and, and do this shit. You know what I mean? Um, that's a thought that never even crossed my mind <laughs> until very successful people who are in the same lane or the same or the, or are the same animal as me as an artist have said why don't you do this have you thought about that blah 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 and i'm like oh shit i never even thought of that because i don't have people like you around that much i have producers or djs or peers i don't have a lot of 
artist legends around. I have producer legends around and I'm grateful, but you get what I'm saying? So I'm like, yo, I kind of put the label on hiatus for that reason. Effective January 1st, the whole crew understood. They were calling me being like, yo, thank you for everything you did. We'll come back when we come back. Um, and then I, and then after that, I was like around new year's, man, I was like, yo, that's when I said, I'm like, yo, my new year's resolution is to do me. That's it. I'm, this is what I'm doing. You know what I mean? I'm working on me and no, that's no offense to anybody. They got to understand that or they don't care about me as a person. They care about themselves. You get what I'm saying? Right. Well, I, I, what I, what I realized too, is like when I look back at like the, all the half finished, um, autobiographies that I've been helping, um, artists write, I was like, man, this took up so much time. And then like, <laughs> you almost realize like sometimes, you know, you're almost like a therapist in the sense of like, we got out some really, we talked about some really good stuff, but then like the editing phase, it just kind of dies. Yep. <laughs> and it's like, we just need like one more push over this hill and we're going to get there. And so what I've, I mean, I can identify with that for, for sure, just because I've, I've been focused more on my own writing and being like, you know, um, I can, I can do my own stuff. Like I'm not like waiting for somebody to, to return a text or a call to say like, let's work on this book. Exactly, dude. Exactly. And like, man, like I said earlier, I don't, I don't even text. Like I don't check them. I don't have notifications pop up on my phone. The only things I do are Venmo or PayPal when I get money in there. You know what I'm saying? Like, although <laughs> that's a good thing to get, but I'm, you know, wrapping a verse and I'm looking at my phone 90% of the time it's on paper. But if I'm looking at my phone and like the tape gets fucked up because PayPal just went off and I got money in there. Like, that's a beautiful thing. I don't want to be seeing a text where someone is like, yo, I need this no matter what it is, even if they're entitled to it. I don't want to fucking see that. That'll fuck my head up when I'm trying to do me. You know what I mean? So that it goes back to what you're saying, man. Like, yeah, you just got to work on your own shit. Sometimes it really, it really is that simple. It really is. And it's not, and it's a good thing. It's, a, it's actually a really empowering, good thing. And it's good for the world. <laughs> I'll put it that way. So what does a 14 hour day look like for you? Oh, I do. I'm really big into checklists, uh, Google calendar to do lists, you know, of, of what I'm going to do. And I, I set it up the night before. This is a little pro tip for anybody listening who's an artist or they just want to organize and, and do shit differently. Uh, it, I've been doing this for I don't even know how many years, six, seven, eight years, maybe just like this. Um, where I yeah, I said it like when we get off the, off this call, I'm absolutely going to go through my Google calendar and 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 prioritize the things I'm going to do in the studio tomorrow morning for the rest of the day, the whole nine. Um, that's really what it is. It depends on what's in there. Like, I'll tell you right now, I'll just give you an example. So this is what tomorrow's looking like. <laughs> this is just a little example. So tomorrow I have a, I have a folder on my, on my desktop called today folder in all capitals, whatever's on there, it's time sensitive. So it's like, if I have to add a baseline to a beat that I need to send out to somebody that I made a while ago, or, if, or the homie's going to be on this one song, actually, uh, like my man, Sky Zoo, he's going to get on this song for me. Um, I kind of need to finish one of my verses on it, that kind of shit. So it's like, that's on there. Um, I have a song for my next EP where I want to add those verb reverbed out yells in the background. I have fucking, I want to like use mixed in key to see what the BPM and the, and the fucking key is for a little Uzi Vert song that just came out. Cause I thought it was so dope. And I want to like see what that vibe is just key. What, you know what I mean? Like it's just shit like that. So, and it's, it's a big list. It's like a lot, but, um, but I love it. And I, and if I don't finish it all, Whatever's left over, I push it off to the next day. I don't want to, if as soon as I don't feel it anymore, I'm done. You know what I mean? Like you can't force it. And it's, and it's, yeah, I'm doing 14 hours, not in one shot. Cause that's just, nobody's creativity works like that. You know, I'll stop for an hour, do this, do that, come back. But it is absolutely 14 hour days. There's no doubt. And I love it. And this is what I'm doing um, for now. No doubt. So what is that production process like for you? 
you know, obviously you're not just getting loops and maybe or maybe not throwing drums over it at this point. So like, <laughs> <laughs> what does it actually look like now? Yeah. Um, uh, well, so I'm, I use reason, strictly reason from 2003 to 2018. We were on tour with JMO gang. And I remember, um, I started using, I started making beats and pro tools really then. And, uh, like while we were on tour, cause I didn't have other way to do it. And I just got hooked when we got off that tour, I fucking got home and I just went, hard in the paint you know making beats and pro tools and now i guess it's been almost two years of that and uh that's that's the production is in pro tools now like i'm chopping samples in there i'm creating soundscapes myself samples i've created samples the homie g coops created whoever you know and that's what i'm doing in there i'm adding stuff um i don't really believe in bpms anymore i stopped using bpms a long time ago um it also gives you your own little pocket you know it gives your own little vibe that way um, I don't like limitations. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't like playing by the rules. I don't want to be a, sh- I don't want to be sheep. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to be a sheep. Like I want to do what I want to do. Cause that's what my gut's telling me to do. So it's whatever the fuck I want to do. That's it. No rules, nothing. As long as it sounds dope. People don't even know that shit. They don't even know I'm doing that. They don't even know I'm not using BPMs and whatever else. They don't even know that they can't remix my shit anymore because the BPMs change and they don't even notice. You get what I'm saying? Like it's, and that's not, a, I'm not saying that's a cool thing. I'm just saying that's what, that's what the production style is like now. I'm doing whatever it fucking moves me, whatever moves me, man. That's it. That's awesome. Yeah. So how do you know when you've got something that like, I'm going to keep this um, versus like, this is going in the delete folder. I got to keep working on it. Um, well, okay. It's, I've been doing it so long. That doesn't really happen too much anymore where it's like, I don't want to show anybody this beat. Like, I think I've just been, I just been doing it too long to, to have those moments it doesn't it almost never happens for years now not saying i'm like the goat or some shit like that i'm not saying that i'm saying dude i fucking hit my ten thousand hours so many years ago <laughs> you get what i'm saying like like i have my dad's work ethic you get what i'm saying like that's a hard working dude so it's like i worked harder than everybody and i out hustled everybody by doing so and by doing that man i just i can't make there's no more stinkers you know what i'm saying everything i'm doing is, is definitely usable for somebody and look at my, my team. It's like, not everybody sounds the same. So if I'm making, like I said, depends on my vibe. If I'm making a radio head sound and beat, <laughs> you know, I'm like, Oh, this weird beat will probably go to me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Cause that's what I do. I do. I do like a little avant-garde shit. Or if I'm making some straight boom bap shit, I'm like, yo, hold on. This might work with this guy or this might work with this chick or whatever the fuck. Like it depends on my, it depends on how it comes out. So that's what it is. You know what I mean? That's how I do it. That's awesome. And so as far as the J57 music, what exactly, um, you know, specifically, are you trying to have like a project drop in 2020, um, like a solo yes. project? Yeah, yeah. So my last one was uh, on 11-11, November 11th. I dropped my second solo album called We Can Be Kings. That's coming out on vinyl, cassette and CD and all that. Um, yeah, I mean, I have, dude, I have two albums pretty much done but I'm going to fine comb them and rework them continuously till they come out. Um, and I'm talking with labels about one of them. So, and the, and the second one is for the follow-up. you know what I mean? Like it's just way too big sounding to come out anytime soon. Anybody who likes me, they will not embrace it. You know what I mean? I've been slowly, but slowly, uh, showing people the, the, the eclectic sounding shit that I'm doing and they're liking it. Cause I've done it slowly. I'm not, it's not jarring. It's not because I worked at fat beats too long to do that. I worked at fat beats so, so long. I use that shit as a focus group. And we'd see somebody put out a new album that's different from what everybody loves from them. And 100% of the time, people would come in, look at it and go, oh, shit. Yeah, he's, he's doing, 
I remember back in the day, he's like, oh, this guy's doing hyphy now. In 2006, when that was like almost popular, they're like, he's doing hyphy now. And the dude's doing fucking, before that, he's doing some Kev Brown sounding boom bap shit, let's say. Like that, nobody's going to fucking go with you, man. You're going to lose your whole fan base. And if your shit doesn't pop bigger than what you already had, you you just lost everything. And I'm, I'm not going to do that. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it all just comes down to that shit, man. It's just like, I do what I do. And my, my sound is whatever the hell I want to make. Um, shit, I got, yeah, I got an EP coming out. I can't say when. I have the date locked in. I'm finishing up the last song for it tomorrow. And um, turn it all in, you know, whatever. And I got just EPs done with everybody like, you could think of, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, just projects with me on the beats, projects where I'm on the, the mic and not on the beats. And But for sure, I have two EPs where I rap on all of my own beats coming out in the spring and the summer and uh probably a third ep that's more close closer to an album but it's gonna be a little bit under an album uh probably after the i want to drop it after the elections <laughs> because after the election because uh when it's time for the election dude nobody's gonna give a shit about anything unless you're huge you know what i mean like unless you have marketing dollars out the ass pushing what you're doing so i'm not trying to like compete with that you know it's gonna be all it's going to be what it is. We're not, you know, I'm not stupid. <laughs> and then after that, next year, I got a, a crazy album with, yeah, I don't even want to get into it. <laughs> it's crazy. No doubt. Well, when it's time to get into it, you know where, you know where to go. Yeah, of course. And I mean, I can tell you <laughs> off record. <laughs> you know? Of course. So you've also like, just from over the years, developed a really cool relationship with DJ Premier to where um, not only do you work with them, but like, you know, it's it's definitely grown to where um, obviously there's a friendship there as well. What's it been like, you know, starting off just kind of getting to know him and, and answering the phones for the radio show and then, you know, seeing that turn into more of a friendship? Oh, so amazing, man. Like, like yeah, like, so, you know, I, I, I was never part of his show. I was part of just Rap is Out of Control. And there'd be times where Eclipse would go on tour with a Coca Nostra and he'd have, he'd have Premiere when Premiere wasn't on tour himself. He had Premiere come in and fill in for him. And I'd be like, oh, shit, Premiere's going to be fucking filling in? Like, what? Like, this is crazy. And at that time, Fat Beats was still around. And at that time, I want to say 09, he was bigging up Brown Bag All-Stars on rate, like interviews he was getting, like interviews where people would say, who are you listening to right now? And he, he went out of his way a couple of times to say, those kids at Fat Beats, like, he didn't even know who we were like that. He didn't, it wasn't like he was like, he didn't know any of us. He didn't know the music music. He knew a couple of songs and he liked them. And he'd be like, oh, I'm listening to Brown Bag. So I'm like, oh, shit. Like, so I'm a little, you know, a little shook those first times meeting him. But it's such a good dude. His team is so fucking good. Like everybody, Panchi would come in and be a co-host. You know, Creepy Clown, the whole squad. They would come in. You know, Keebler would be on filming them. Like greatest guys, man. The greatest guys. And it just made it a very warm, easy atmosphere for me to go and answer those phones. And, and uh, Premier would big me up on Twitter being like, J57 on the phones tonight. And he would say it on the fucking air, too. And I, I could have died happy from all that just a, a, alone. And then after a couple of years of maybe, maybe yeah, two years, April 2011, I got that photographic memory shit. Um, he, I was answering the phone still. I wasn't on the mic yet. And I remember Eclipse was in town and Premier came to the show. He just came in to kick it for a minute. And he comes to me in the control room, whatever. And he's like, yo, Jay, I got this kid Mac Miller coming through tonight. Uh, Jazzy Jeff set it up. Um, you should roll through after the show, man. I, my studio is right down the block, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I was like, oh, word? He goes, yeah, yeah, I'll text you the address, da-da-da. And then, he, and then I was like, all right, no doubt. And he's like, yo, pull up one of his videos real quick. So we were watching Mac Miller videos. I'm like, yo, he's got 2 million views on every video. Like, 2011, he wasn't like the big, the big thing, you know, that he became. But uh, he was fucking big. And he was a 
great dude. So the first time was a Sunday night in April, 2011. I don't know the exact date, but I went, I walked over there, cut through Times Square from Sirius, went over to fucking D&D <laughs> headquarters and uh, chilled with Preem for a little 20, 30 minutes. And then Mac showed up and me and him were like two fucking kids in a candy store with the plaques and going in the booth together, filming us together, being like, yo, Big L and Biggie and Jay-Z used to rap in here. And Nas and blah, blah. Like we were just bugging out and we did our drops together for, uh, ha- for um, live from headquarters, which Premier still uses both those drops to this day, whatever. Um, it, that, was the, that was the first time. So I wouldn't, I purposely wouldn't smoke. Like I remember they were smoking weed or whatever. Like I wouldn't do that because I was afraid of getting paranoid. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like I'm just being honest and like, that's it. It's a warm feeling. Like it, it was, it was almost impossible to be awkward. Even my introverted fucking self, it was almost impossible to feel awkward or be awkward or be starstruck or be, um, you know, uh, like a gap in like a silent, a silent kind of pause or whatever, where you don't know what to say kind of shit. Like it was impossible. It was impossible. Like we just had so much to talk about everybody. We were just vibing and not, it wasn't even a lot about music. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's, that's just premier, man. He's a great guy. Anybody who's met him could say that. Nobody could ever say fucking anything different, you know? So that, that's just where, that's where it started. And then he, next day he called me, I got home at nine, 10 o'clock in the morning. He called me like one o'clock and he goes, uh, he goes, yo, he's like, yo, yo, come to the studio tonight, blah, blah, blah. Me and Mac are going to finish the song, this and that. I was like, holy fuck. You know what I'm saying? Like just kept building from there. I'd hit him up being like, yo, uh, I just got back from Boston. Brown bag just did a show in Boston. Like I'm on the bus coming back. Are you in the lab tonight? I get in around whatever this time and he's like yeah i'm in the lab come through fucking uh mops here like whatever like just like dream situations and i was like yeah i'm fucking going <laughs> you know what i mean like just the coolest dude and to this day he's just insane you know just a great guy that's amazing and answering those phone calls too i mean sometimes you know i'm sure you get some really interesting ones that never make it to the air and even some of the interesting ones make it to the air so what what calls did you get that you couldn't put through Oh, I mean, that 90% of them you couldn't like, because <laughs> at that time, dude, like, yeah, I was on, I was a phone guy from like, oh, nine to, I don't know, 13, 14. Like I was mostly a phone guy. Like there was, it was like 13, 14, 15 was probably me on the mic mostly. But like all those other times, like it wasn't, it wasn't our type of music that they were fucking calling about. You know what I'm saying? Like at the time, like Eclipse absolutely had over a million listeners, like on stats, like analytics. He had over a million listeners every fucking Sunday night. It wasn't like it was a small show. <laughs> you know what I mean? 1.5 mil, I believe the numbers were at that time. And uh, a lot of the callers were just people who'd call the, the request line and get us by accident and be like, let me hear walk a flock of flying. I'll never forget that shit. They'd be sitting like cats would have that accent. Let me hear walk a flock of flame. Like, bro, have you heard our show? Like, I didn't understand at first. Like, have you heard our show? He's playing a fucking ill bill record right now. Like, what are you talking about? Like, we don't play that shit, man. Like, and no, no disrespect to Waka Flocka. I'm just saying, like, like you don't call up to that show and be like, I want to hear uh, who's big, super big at the time. That dude, uh, Trinidad James. They want to hear Meek Mill. He just got signed to fucking Rick Ross at the time too. I remember. I want to hear Meek. And they'd call Meek Mills with an S. I want to hear Meek Mills. Everybody calling in for that. And I'm like, yo, those dudes are dope. I like them. But we don't play that. This format for the next two hours is straight, strictly boom bap hip hop. Like, take a listen. Like, you hear that voice? That's a fucking new Redman song. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like just do do the math on that one for like a second. You know, and it, it, that's really what it was. I couldn't be putting those people through. You know what I mean? I, I was, I had to. They needed somebody to to not fucking let those guys get through on the air. You know what I mean? Because it would just ruin the fucking show having people call in. So I'd have to screen them. 
And if somebody call in, they're like, yo, that last fucking Diamond D record was crazy. I'm like, yo, what's your name? What city? Cool. I'm going to put you on hold. You're going to be on the next talk break. Boom. Have, just put them in the system. And then when it's almost time for the talk break, I'm like, yo, E. So you clips like, yo, E. Uh, lines one, two, and three. Get those guys through for sure. They, they know their shit. You know what I mean? Like, that's how we had to do it. I took great pride in it, man. It was an honor doing that shit for Eclipse, man. It was a real honor that he asked me. That's amazing. Did you ever, did you guys ever put anybody through, like, knowing purposefully <laughs> that they were going to be awful? Oh, no, I never did. Because, you know, I mean, before that, I worked for Eclipse and Fat Beats for a lot of years. And before that, I was just a fan of him and uh, nonfiction and stuff. So I already knew his reputation of, of a take no shit kind of guy. So I never, I wouldn't say I didn't have the balls to do it. I just, why would, like, I just kind of wouldn't want to play games with him like that because he's a no-nonsense guy <laughs> and he also reward if you work hard and you do the right shit he rewards you and i learned that shit myself you know what i'm saying like i definitely have leaders skills and whatever that that i have but but i learned a lot from just being around dude you know what i mean him being my boss for six plus years you know so i kind of just didn't want to do it to him i just was like <laughs> you know i had no reason i'm like I, I run a tight ship the same way he does you know and the work his work ethic is insane like i've been on tour with them where uh summer 07 where i'm doing merch for La Coca Nostra and, or no, it was Ill Bill, Tech Nine and, and Paul Wall. And I was Bill's fucking merch guy and Eclipse didn't sleep for two days at one point. <laughs> he, he was driving, you know what I'm saying? Like he was, he was driving, doing the show and he didn't sleep for almost two days at one point. Like that dude could, he's a hardworking guy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, yo, I gotta, I gotta do my job. That's it. That's amazing. Man. Yes, sir. And so the Brown Bag All-Stars, man, like obviously that's the group that, um, you know, everybody kind of came together for, you know, early on. And, and that's what you were, you know, originally known for um, yep. was the brown bag. Where does everything stand with everyone today? Oh, man, that's my brothers, yo. Um, you know, so currently the current roster is, I'll go, I don't want to do alphabetical, I'll mess it up. But Audible Doctor, DJ Element, E Hala, J57, and Soulcon. Yep. Now, I'm not forgetting anybody. That's, that's, that's the crew. You know what I mean? So, um, we have an album done with Bumpy Knuckles. <laughs> we have a Brown Bag All Stars. That's amazing. Bumpy Knuckles album mixed. It's getting mastered. The artwork's getting made. I don't know when it's going to come out. I hope this year. Uh, my best rapidy rap verses are absolutely on that album. No doubt about it. <laughs> like I'm so excited for people to hear this shit. Um, everybody kills it. Bumpy's a fucking legend. Audible Doctor did almost all the beats, and you know him, man. He's a he's, he's insane. He, He's one of the he's one of the greatest boom bap producers of all time outside of boom bap too. But I'm saying when it comes to boom bap, come on man. Like I got better just trying to emulate what he did. And that, that's my brother, you know what I mean? So it's like he did majority of the production. I did a, a monster one on there. There's just Soul Soulcon and and Bumpy spitting like I think they spit like fucking 36 bars each or something just ripping. Oh, a slow slow fucking like weird sample chop thing I did. You know, Bumpy did a beat and the rest is audible and uh, no features. Uh, we have our brother Aki Burmese singing on there, but with no rap features on purpose. And uh, yeah, that, that's where we stand. That's family. Uh, keep in touch with all of them to this day. Ihala's birthday is coming up. My Google calendar will go off on his birthday on the 31st of March. I will call him. <laughs> you get Amazing. what I'm saying? Like, like that's family, bro. Family. And I've been I've been dropping. Uh, I dropped an instrumental record a, a couple weeks ago or a few weeks ago, where um, it's called the Analog Tape 3.1 and. Uh, for this for the three point whatever series I'm doing from this, it's all like little six, usually around six track uh, instrumentals. I have three of them done. They're locked, stocked with artwork and everything. For the covers, I'm taking old throwback brown bag photos from the early days, from like 11, 12 years ago, 
and those are the and I'm making them black and white or if, if they weren't already and those are the covers you know what I mean so like that that, that error to me man is like beyond grateful for it man and for those guys you know it's really really a blessing that's awesome you know um what, do you do you see a brown bag album coming out that's just brown bag at this yeah, point yeah 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 i'm sorry yeah we have we have one that's almost done we have one that's almost done uh a ton of great people on the production some of my best beats some of audibles some of elements dj elements got a fucking he's got my favorite beat on the whole project audible said that too about him yeah element might got, might have that big banger on there to be honest um yeah, we have an album that's pretty much done. I think we're one or two songs away. And I'm not going to say who, but like one one person needs to like fill in their verses on those two songs. And I think they're done. I think the whole shit is done then. And then, uh, but there's no rush because we kind of want the bumpy thing to come out first. You know what I mean? So for a lot of reasons, you know, so that, that's where it is. Audible and I have a, a beat tape together that, that, we, uh, that we made and that's going to be coming out probably this year. Um, half of them are his, half are mine. So it's like, I think six joints from him, six from me, something like that. And then Element, there's a J57 and DJ Element EP coming out this summer. Uh, it's called Element 57. That shit is about to get mixed. Elements on all the beats, and I'm on all the raps. There's a couple of crazy features on there that are close homies. But, um, but that, you know, that's where I stand. And SoulCon, I mean, we just dropped a, dropped a single, I think maybe two months ago. So it's like, that I produced for him. So it's like, that, yeah, these are my guys, man. These are my guys to the end. That's amazing. And you also got another group, the five, seven collective where you work with, you know, a lot of creative folks in lots of different mediums. So what are your goals with the five, seven collective and how's that going? Oh man, I appreciate you bringing it up. Um, man, it's just like the best people, the best people, man. Like, so, you know, it's a, it's, yeah, it's a collective and it's also a label. Not everybody on like on the collective on in the collective, there's over 30 people. And uh, not all of them are on the label side. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people are just putting out shit through their own labels or through other labels. And we're still pushing it through our collective where we all promote each other's shit and we're all just there for each other. You know what I'm saying? And um, I mean, the list is too big for me to go through who's on there. But like that, that and again, the label side is on hiatus because of, you know, I want to do what I got to do for me um, for now. But but the collective will never die. That's going on right now until the label comes back, which is inevitable. Um yeah, I mean, and we're and our label is through Soul Spasm. So shouts to Jim and Gerald and Troy, the whole the whole squad and Gary, the whole squad over there. They uh they are digital distribution, like a dream to work with them. Like, like I I got homies that put out albums and the shit is spelt wrong or they forgot to put the feature on their shit and whatever from using other distributions. And they're like, they're like, yo, how like how like what do you do when that kind of shit happens? I'm like, first of all, it doesn't happen because my guys are on point. And if it does happen, it's a glitch on someone else's end, like Apple Music or whoever. And they get it done. They fix it in a fucking day. You get what I'm saying? So shouts to Soul Spasm. And, uh, you know, shouts to Rick. You know what I'm saying? Vaughn, Mark Ski. Like, the, the Stowe. It's like a big crew that helps make this whole shit happen, man. And I got to say, it's like a ble- It's beyond a blessing. Like, this is our. Sh- this is it. Like, this, this shit is going to be big. This shit is going to be big. I just, I can't tell you on, on, on the air, quote unquote. But, uh, but we got some stuff in the works that's just insane. And I signed a deal with soul spasm (laughs) not with them but like together for some licensing shit that i can't even say yet it's just it's too big it's just too big it's the biggest entity that's in the world right now that signed this that fucking picked up a song so it's like and and i did a deal with them so it's like that shit is going to be the future i'll put it that way that i'll tell you off the air but that shit it'll be that shit is the future man 